press start to leave a tracks mode it's this game where with me chris and an eternally confused ashley as always i don't understand you how are you ashley oh oh that, that good Ooh. yeah cool yeah, they i've never heard anybody ever say that what, press... sorry to keep pulling oh. you up on things but <laughs> for goodness sake well no one's ever said press it. press start to leave track what attract mode I know what that is, well, but there you go, whoever, who's ever said, they don't say that. It it press, be- press start. It says in the arcades. It says it press at the button bottom. to start. It says press button it's, to start. It says press start to leave a trap mode and all, and all the games in the arcades. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. All of them. Press button to start. About 10 of them say it. No, or even just press to start. Yeah, but I did that one ages ago, so I had to do a bit of a variant. Well, it's shit. It's a matter of opinion, with respect. Yep. I, I'd imagine that, you know, if a decent sample size listened to this episode, they'd go, that's a pretty shit intro. I'll maybe turn it off. Oh, well, hopefully they're still hanging in there. <laughs> and, or, and... or we don't get a simple, a decent sample size and then we can never scientifically state. So <laughs> Literally people download it, listen to 30 seconds and just, not for me, turn it off. Yeah, yeah. We do always have a significant drop off every time you do an episode. Don't know if you've noticed that one. Nope, that makes me sad. It's not true, really. Oh, good. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to see your face. We've got nothing to drop off, Chris. No, that's true. It's <laughs> <laughs> got a core listenership that's still listening. Listen to this. Oh, let's let's stop passive aggressively uh, berating our audience. Uh, we, who I hope are all I'm not, right. I'm not. I'm not passively aggressively berating anybody. Mm. Um, except you. Yeah. And myself. I'm. I'm making light of. The situation. And <laughs> Smiley on the outside, crying on the inside. Before I do this game where Spiel, I did think about doing Taz on a Game Gear because I like the idea of doing, we did Taz two episodes ago for the snares and I thought about doing Taz on the Game Gear just for that, that completionist because, you know, I like it, but I can see you shaking your head with rage. So I decided not to do Taz on the Game Gear. Yeah, I'm really glad. You've done that before and I've done it many times again. before and yeah. I've learned yeah. now. I've learned. <sighs> Good. Good. Well, my, I don't think it's good for anybody. My, my reasoning was, well, we've kind of talked about Taz, so uh, there's nothing else to say. So uh, people can look forward to that chat in episode sort of 249 when I dig it out and we do Taz on the Game Gear. The Game Gear game is a different game completely. Exactly. Than the SNES game. So there would have been something to talk about, but I think that but there's there nothing are things around that we've Taz. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We've, so we've had that conversation very recently. So yeah. we're not doing Taz on the Game Gear, we're doing a different Thank game this Christ. week. Thank Christ. Thank Christ. This week. Ah. We are playing this game where you play as a man with chiroptera tendencies. It stars the founder of McDonald's, and it's a tie-in to a 1992 film. I've gone cryptic. Uh, is it The Page Master? Why do you reckon The Page Master? Uh, tie-in to a 1992 film is the thing that I'm really hanging it on. The but the thing is, you didn't have a NES. No. And it pa- was NES in the Pagemaster, wasn't it? Pagemaster definitely came out on Sega. I remember reading a Me Machine Did Sega it? magazine that had a preview of it. Okay. In. I think, think, it I think cool. in, there, was a, there was a film all based around the Power Glove, and I can't remember what that is, but I imagine that was earlier than 1992. Um, it was a tie-in to a TV, to, to, to a film. Do you want to break it yeah, down a bit for me. you? Just well, you ki- can if you like. Chiroptera is the Latin word for bat. So it's a man with bat tendencies. 
ties oh. into a 1992 film. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. And what's On the, the Mega Drive, presumably. What's the founder of McDonald's? Where's that coming to? Yeah, it? Michael Keaton, because of the, uh, whatchamacallit. The founder. the founder. Good okay. man. Because that, that was a horrible um, diversion, really, that one. That was a, a red herring, wasn't it? Because I was going, well, Ronald McDonald, he's been in a few <laughs> games. He has, yeah. Was it Mick and Mac? Mick and Mac, yeah. yeah. Global Gladiators. Mm. No, Joe no, and Mac. Joe and Mac, not Mick yeah. and Mac. Mick and Mac. So Mick and Mac, I assume, is from Mick Macs, which is a, a French film. <laughs> I would just keep hearing this, these, these syllables. Mick Mac, Mick Mac. <laughs> Joe and Mac. I think it's Joe and Mac Global Gladiators. Mick Macs, totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's Batman Returns. Batman Returns on the Game Gear, though. I think I played it. Oh, no, I haven't oh, played this. No. Oh, you <laughs> I, just, you I just saw soured the milk. Light it with glee and then instantly just crushed by that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, this is... There were games that came out of the Game Gear that were purported to be versions of the Mega Drive equivalent, and they never were. So even if this one is supposed to be, it's still going to be a pale comparison. I imagine the the one on the Mega Drive, for what it's worth, I seem to remember having a lot of fun with. Whether that is um, whether that would hold up nowadays, though, I don't know. Well, I remember this one being pretty good, so I'm actually quite looking forward to playing it tonight. Um, but right. in my research, it turns out that linked to what you just said about the Mega Drive, it turns out this is actually very similar to Taz in that it came out on lots of different consoles with lots of different versions because it was lots of different developers. So the Mega Drive version actually doesn't have any resemblance to the Game Gear apart from being based on the same film. Right, righty Okay. So I had the Game Gear version, which was developed by Aspect, who we have covered previously. They did loads of Game Gear games, including uh, previous titles, Sonic 2 and Tell's Adventure, which we have covered in early episodes. Aspect also ported it to the Master System. Now, the Mega Drive and Mega CD versions were done by Malibu Interactive, Konami did a version for the NES and the SNES. Denton Designs did a version for the Amiga. The Spirit of Discovery did a version for DOS. DOS? DOS? Not DOS. DOS. Thank you. And Tiger Electronics also released a handheld version as well. Great. So it was all over and the we're place. Playing, we're playing whose game? What? The Game Gear version. Oh, the Aspect. Aspect. Right, Aspect. Yes. And so you said that we've mentioned Aspect before, but I don't really remember mentioning Aspect. So uh, they, they, developed, so, they developed Sonic 2 and Tails' Adventure. So I didn't find anything out about them because I thought... I, I remember talking about them when we did Sonic 2 on the Game Gear. If you're interested in learning about Aspect, which I'm sure at least zero people are, then you can go listen to that episode and find out about Aspect. Sonic Blast? Yeah, we did that I'm one. I'm just looking at so, their... Um, Sonic, just looking at their list. Sonic, Metal Gear Solid 3 on the PlayStation 2. Subsistence. Was that the ported version or something? Yeah. Yeah. So they, I maybe, they may have handled the porting of it, presumably, or something. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Sorry, I will no, it's all right. let you continue. Well, in terms of the different versions then, the console also dictated the genre. So the Mega Drive and Mega CD slash Sega CD versions were real platforming heavy the nintendo versions were beat-em-ups as you would expect because they're developed by konami oh you're gonna you're gonna spring something really horrendous like it's a puzzle game no no like stargate no it's not well-known puzzly 
<laughs> no, no. The DOS version was an adventure game. The Amiga was platformy. The version we're playing today of the Game Gear and Master System is dubbed an action. So I initially went in my notes started putting beat-em-up, but I looked into it a bit more and it's an action game because there is there is fighting, but there's also platforming elements as well. And so the bit of a balance between the two. As I said, I remember it being pretty good. Oh, right then. Interest, okay. Interestingly as well, the there was a version for the Amiga and that was a platform-heavy version as well. But apparently that port is a hot mess and the publisher of the Amiga version quite later in development realized it was a massive mess so when magazines were champing the bit for some preview copies the publisher of the Amiga version sent screenshots of the PC the DOS version which is a very very different game completely sent them to these magazines to to preview oh here's the game and then obviously the game came out and then people were like what this is different and uh does a bit of a Ferrari about that and as I said the Amiga version is absolutely terrible so I can uh, perhaps understand why that decision was made yeah. but it's also a bit bit sneaky well it's it's, it's very yeah. sneaky yeah underhand is the least worst way to say it a reference point for the game gear port which might rescue it a bit in your eyes is shinobi okay oh. i understand why you'd think that that would rescue it but um well, well i didn't really like shinobi oh. but less less talk oh. tell me tell I'm... me why that's well, a reference point. But it's it's some sort of gameplay. You're, you're walking from left to right. You're fighting people as they walk onto the screen. You're jumping around all over the option. And pretty much how, how I remember Shinobi being. I remember really enjoying Shinobi as well. So maybe that's why I enjoyed this. If you're not sitting yeah. on Shinobi, maybe this is a, a non-starter then. I, that, I'm talking about Ashley from 1990-something. Didn't like Shinobi. And... I'm a different person now. This well, is true. I'm the same person. Let's not start any rumours. <laughs> I'm a, I'm the same person with different sensibilities. Okay. So maybe... I'm keeping my mind open. Good. That's I'm, what I'm saying, I'm, yeah. I'm pleased. The game has got different routes through the levels. Apparently there's an easy route and a hard route. I don't remember that being made clear in the game itself. Maybe it is. There's a lot of rope swinging around the levels are using your grapple hook uh, interestingly when you're fighting you've got your batarang obviously and you can use the batarang in three different ways depending on the situation so you pause the game and it brings up this options menu and then you can change how the batarang is used so you've got long range which is weak but you can fire from a long distance so you're safe there's the powerful batarang which is strong but useful for short range and then there's a normal one, which is the balance between the two and the game encourages you to on the fly select those and change between them depending on what you're doing as well you can also in a similar amount to streets of rage you can summon the batmobile or the bat ski boat to kill all enemies on screen at once using a special power-up you can collect all power-ups that you collect through the levels Super. This game came out in late 92 to tie in with the film, which I'm assuming you've seen, because, you know, 20 years, 30 years on. A Batman Begins? No, Batman Returns, not Batman Begins. That come af- after Batman Begins? No, Batman Begins was... Doesn't... Sounds like it should have. Five? Why? Because of the name. Because it's about him coming back, isn't it? How no. can you return if you haven't already begun? Hmm? Well, that's a, a question for the ages, isn't it? Mm, well, it's definitely a question for Batman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. In all seriousness, I've seen the film Batman Returns. I think everybody that was born in 1988 oh, has yeah. seen Batman Returns. And I have good memories of it, but I also have good memories of 
all of the Batmans from the 90s, including Batman and Robin. So, I, you know... So maybe not the best uh, measure. The, it, it's supposed to be a good film, isn't it? It's Tim Burton uh, take on Batman, and the Joker is Danny DeVito, and... Penguin. Uh, yeah, sorry, the Penguin is uh, Danny DeVito, and he does a good job of being a bit creepy and kooky and mysterious and spooky. Pr- pretty wrong much film. how I remember sorry, it. Sorry, wrong film. <laughs> Well, I didn't. I, I didn't see the film until about ten years later. I, I got this game, I reckon, in about nineteen ninety five for my birthday. I think it was one of those ones that got second hands with P written in the corner as well. But at that point, because I was obviously nine or ten, I hadn't seen the film. I didn't see the wow. film until probably the early to mid noughties. The, the the game follows the plot of the film very very closely. Sorry, I I, I love the way that you say uh, offhand. Well, obviously because I was nine or ten, I hadn't seen the film. Now, I've brought this up a number of times. Uh, I moved from one town to another town in 1996, and I was eight years old when that happened, which means that I can very clearly define that moment in my life and things that happened before it and after it. And I had very definitely seen Batman and Batman Returns prior to moving. No. I, I'm pretty sure that I was probably... I'd probably seen Batman Returns in, around 1994 or five. Wasn't it a bit like scary and dark as a nipper? I don't know. I I know this. I can tell you this. I watched Flatliners before. I'm sure I've talked to you about this. I watched Flatliners before I moved. Before I was eight years old, I had a nightmare about it. There's a yeah, scene not in that where, yeah, there was a kid. That that this Flatliners for anyone that hasn't seen it is about some uh, medical te- uh, medical students who decide to try and find out what's be- beyond the veil. So they electrocute each other with with those paddles. Uh, to kill each other and stay under for 30 seconds, then 40 seconds, then 50 seconds, then a minute, and then two minutes, and three minutes. And they're all trying to push it further and further and further. And one of them, when he goes under, he um, he ends up in this labyrinth. And he's walking through this labyrinth, and there is a boy in a hoodie with a hockey stick. And the boy in the hoodie with the hockey stick, who's in his death visions, ends up plaguing him in his when he comes back, when he comes back from the dead, the boy actually beats him shitless with his hockey stick in the, in his front room in real life. Uh, and I, one evening, woke up... Not one evening. I, after I'd watched that film, um, we had bunk beds and I was the bottom bunk. And I remember very vividly being in the bottom bunk, having a nightmare, waking up and seeing that boy... Oh, God. The boy with the hockey stick standing over me. It was terrifying. It's one of it's one of three nightmares that I can recount, like moment for moment, beat by beat, in my life. I'm 34. That happened before I was eight years old. The other one happened before another one happened before I was eight years old, and the other one was when I was 19. So I had two really awful nightmares before I was eight, and then one when I was 19, and I haven't really had anything to con to. To contend with them since when i was six i had one i woke up from crying because i'm dreamt i was in pinocchio i was being turned into a donkey <laughs> i'm gonna have to tell you my my other one now because or if they're uh, nightmare so, top trumps kind of yeah because uh, my other one this was before and i know that again because we got bunk beds i think when my brother was born so that was 1993 before that though we had separate beds, my brother and I, and we we slept in the same room. But my my bed was uh, near the near the door, and I had my feet 
pointing towards the door, my head away from it. And I had a nightmare where this might not be a, a necessary feature, a necessary descri- a, a piece of the description, but I had this bedding that was blue on one side and white on the other side, and then it had polka dots um, of, of the primary colours all, all along it. Sounds very 90s. Yeah, and it was on the blue side. The blue side was up. And I remember that very vividly um, because I had this nightmare. The nightmare involved... I lived on a, on a place called the Air Mine in, uh, in Lincoln. And the nightmare involved all of the inanimate objects on the Air Mine and presumably the rest of the world coming to life. All of the street furniture, like benches and uh, lampposts and uh, p- pillar boxes, letter boxes phone boxes all of it came to life all of it had horrible gnashing chompers and big you know like the sort of claws that a five-year-old would draw yeah and uh, it all came to life and started hunting and killing all of the humans <laughs> and i remember cowering and trying to survive with my family my mum went out i don't Obviously know surrounded by beautiful. inanimate objects yeah no we were we were all like cowering and hiding and and trying to keep uh, secret and safe. My mum went out hunter gathering or something to get us collect us food, and she didn't come back. Oh, no. So I then had to venture out and see if I could find my mum. And I found my mum because she was trussed up to uh, an animate lamppost who had uh, sort of turned himself over to the job. She was trussed up like a deer to this lamppost, and then two pillar boxes were carrying her. And they took her to a bonfire in the park, in the local park, and put her on the bonfire, cooked her and ate her. I didn't see them eat her, but I'm fairly sure that was what was going on. That is dreadful. Because I woke up at the moment that she was burning. Yeah. um, And I was terrified, and I couldn't shout. And then these claws came over the bottom of my bed. Uh... Like, it was two pairs, so there were four clawy hands. White, bright white clawy hands came over the edge of my bed and at that point that I, uh, that was the point that I screamed so yeah that I mean I'm not playing top trumps but it, it sounds I do like win. over the summer I read a book of Stephen King short stories and novellas and that and there was one in that about cars and vans and lorries all turning on on humans and it mm. sounds like silly and ridiculous and like ha 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 but the story was so gripping and so like terrifying that yeah, I, there's a film called The Cars That Ate Paris. Is that the one you talked about where the lady had a babe with a car? No, that's uh, that's Titan. And right. that, yeah, that's a whole different film, but it is similarly weird and body shocky horror. Well, the point of all this is, when I was a kid, I my film experiences were very different to yours. I don't remember watching. I was watching lots of disney films and cartoons and family oh films, i watch those which are, yeah and I, yeah, I still do watch those but my kind of the more grown-up films i certainly didn't experience until way later pro- probably possibly later in terms of my maturity and development maybe later than i maybe should or could have done but mm. it's probably for the best that you it, hadn't it seen probably is. Is. i was pointed that way but then maybe but batman it was like, returns yeah but it's very dark isn't it it's very dark I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know. But my my judgment is warped by the fact that I'd seen various different things, and yeah. that that was the point of me telling you that those anecdotes because I'd seen I'd seen Flatliners at that point. I'd seen uh, Terminator Two, uh, not the original Terminator Two specifically, very specifically. 
I'd seen that probably at that point. I was allowed to stay up and watch films that I probably shouldn't have watched during the summer. So I have a skewed view on it, to say the least. Yeah. I only had two nightmares and one of them had nothing to do with a film. So, you know, the... the 50% success rate. Well, no, because I watched Failure. hundreds of films. Oh, I see so, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's crying, oh, the kids, the kids. But actually, one nightmare to watch all those films. I was pretty well 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 versed uh by eight years old it's not too bad uh, it's a it's a reasonable price to pay oh yeah definitely anyway the game i had it on the game gear i said it was second hand and it was one of these ones I- i've talked about before as well these weird game gear classics where you've got the it, it, the, the picture is wrapped in brown paper and the picture kind of bursting yeah. through this this brown paper um i think i've talked about this it's sort of like my, my amusement about this because it's just it's so weird as a design choice why they decided to make it look like it was wrapped in brown paper and like look illicit or whatever when it's batman returns on the game gear i don't understand what was going through sega's head yeah no neither do i the 90s were weird yeah that's that's pretty much to be honest though they weren't as weird as the 80s or the 70s certainly not in terms of branding and marketing i think uh, mad men that was the 50s and the idea that advertising became uh, very slick and polished any time before now, really, I think, is is for the birds. We, Hannah and I were watching, don't ask me why, but we were watching um, a little collection of adverts from the 70s, UK right. adverts from the 70s. It had the, uh, like the old Woolworths ones. And do you remember the Bisto Best ones that were... Um, what, the family? With that lady. Yeah, the family. And they'd make silly Linda Bellingham I don't know why I know that so we were watching these adverts and what what became very apparent is that they had a very very specific flavor to them and the flavor was cheap (laughs) right Um, and I suppose there's an element of that here even with multi-million selling um franchises and going concerns like the Game Gear or well if it was a going concern at this point, I think the Mega Drive classics were the same though with this brown paper. I think it was really? King of, I think it was King of the Monsters. I, I took, brought it before. I, I'm fairly sure that's what it looked like on there as well. Just some weird choices being made, I guess. Yeah, really don't know. Blooming Sega, or or maybe it's to do with the you know like they're trying to make everything feel adult. That was th- part of their brand. I think that's probably what they were leaning into was that. But I just as a I don't as, like a, that as, thought, as a though. child, I didn't pick up on that. Obviously, I didn't pick yeah, up on that, and no. it just it just felt odd. Like it's you ripped. It just looked secondhand and tawdry. And hmm. I didn't. I don't remember looking this up last time you spoke about it. So I will do that. But it, in a sense, in a way, it, it feels worse now thinking back on it. Mm. If it was. If it was for that reason, like, oh, it's a bit adult. Um, it made me think about the, the, the PlayStation ones. They did the PlayStation Platinum, but it was really classy. Mm. It was the same front cover, just with the, the black bar that had the PlayStation logo, which was replaced with grey. And I think it had maybe said Platinum on. It just, you know, no actually actual change with the art at all. Just that slight change of the presentation of it was really nice. Yeah, and they did a similar thing for the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 games, the place, the, the classics mm. ranges. I think it was Red Borders for the PlayStation 3, and maybe that looked less nice. But um, still, it's it's not trying to make a weird adult point. Yeah. 
Last couple of bits about the game itself then. There is a long play on YouTube that is 36 minutes long, so it's not a very long game. And the game is four stages, which has three levels in each stage and then a boss. The fifth stage is just one level and then the last boss, which is Penguin. He's on this like weird duck on wheels, this vehicle, which I think is in the film as well. Um, I could never complete the boss, so I've never actually finished this game. But I could I could always get up to that point, but never get any further. Mm, okay. Hmm. But I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've got... Uh, well, have you got anything else to say? Not at all. Okay, I mean, you've not said anything really that's making me look forward to this game any more oh. than I was, and I wasn't really looking forward to it very much. So I suppose we should probably go and have a little look and then come back and talk about it like Maybe. we normally do. As is the format. As is tradition. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Oh! <laughs> it's almost like we planned that. I'm, I'm going to try oh, straight didn't, away. Oh, we didn't plan. Let, let's just be clear. We didn't plan to do that at exactly the same time. Yeah, definitely not. Well, I um, didn't anyway, so. So before we talk about Batman Returns as a game, we had a real interesting, well, it was to me anyway, real interesting conversation about uh, classification and guidelines and stuff because it turns out that Batman Returns was a 15. So. You know, that's maybe explains why I didn't watch it when it first came out. But then yeah. Batman Begins, apparently, 12A. Yeah, which is the skewing of the uh, of the BBFC certification process. And not, I don't, when I say skewing, I don't mean it in a particularly negative way, but sensitivities have changed and classifications yeah. have changed in in context with that. In line with though with that, um, Batman Returns though I I just can't understand how it could ever have hit a fifteen. No, on IMDb there's a whole page of like reasons for why all sorts of like you know sex and violence and gore and things like this and and some of the things on there are just like I just I don't I don't get it I don't get why those things would warrant it to be a fifteen. Some of them yes, but some of them not. Yeah. But then we went down, Ash found a really interesting video of this whole compilation of uh, cartoons from the 80s and 90s that were based on films, you know, so, so these are cartoons obviously aimed at children, based on films that were certainly not aimed at children, and there's, there's, there's a lot. Oh yeah, it was, it's a thing. I, as I was trying to explain, it's a, it's a thing. And Batman was part of that. We were talking about how... It was maybe strange that Batman was even on the Game Gear because Game Gear is, uh, and what I was going to say was targeted at children, but actually it wasn't because Sega had its old uh, we're big boys now uh, thing going on. And so maybe they were aiming at adults, but at the same time, there was also alongside this, there was a very brazen and clear desire for children's media to run a parallel campaign alongside adult media um and i said i know this word's loaded but it's a level of indoctrination that is built into the system they want children to feel nostalgic about watching their version of beetlejuice or 
Rambo, which I never actually watched, but apparently existed, or Robocop or whatever. And then Tales from the Crypt was quite an age one, I thought. Tales from the Crypt Keeper was really good. Both the adult and the children's versions of that were very good. And actually, I would argue, fairly ad- uh, child-friendly in both iterations. But at least the television show, the, the films may be less so, but that's another conversation, I guess. Um, they want They want young children to have warm and fuzzy feelings about things that they can then grow up and seek out so that they they're basically buying themselves a a purchase a sale later on in life mm-hmm. that's what the corporations are doing when they make these children's television shows i don't know whether it exists in the same way now but it definitely well, I does exist on bronze with this episode earlier this year the batman came out from robert pattinson uh, film and when it came out, the film is, I think it's a 15, maybe an 18. But when the film came out, I remember seeing when my daughter watched Intelli adverts for toys based on the film. So a toy version of the Robert Pattinson Batman, a toy version of his Batmobile, a toy version of uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin. In fact, you buy this as toys, but they're toys of a film that children that it's going to be aimed at are not going to be, you know, they're going to be seeing. So that that's a really strange paradigm there. So I think it is still happening. It's absolutely still happening. Even it, the, I mean, the toys thing is another aspect of it that is so weird and exactly the same, in, in exactly the way that you've outlined there. Um, it's happening though in subtler ways than it used to. Instead of having an Ace Ventura or The Mask um, kids television show, you will have Teen Titans, which is, obviously there to get kids interested in engaging with DC characters, those children will then, by the time they reach the age that they might watch the Batman, be familiar with the concept of Batman and the world of Batman and um, buy into that, want to Mm. see it and get some level of satisfaction from it that's largely based on the fact that they enjoyed it as kids. Not largely based on the... Partially based on the fact that they enjoyed those characters as children. It's a foot in the door for the, the brand, isn't it? It's a big old foot in the door. And that's what a lot of the time these games were as well. They are they are a foot in the door. They're a way they're another way into the home. Well, I guess that's maybe worked for me then, because thinking about it, this was probably my first taste of Batman as a brand. I've said before mm. that the cartoon was on at this time and I never liked the cartoon at all. Uh, the Adam West TV series aired around the same sort of time I got this as well. I was big into that. But thinking about me, you know, I've grown up. Yeah, surprise, surprise. But thinking about me, actually, this was probably my first, this this game was probably my first thing that I kind of got into. You know, thought, actually, I quite like this character. And I've grown up really liking Batman as a character. Yeah. So, so I was the opposite way around. I didn't really like, although I sought out and tried to watch whenever it was on the Batman 1960s adam west thing um i didn't really like that but i did like the animated series which was interestingly and strangely um a a more serious and sober affair than the adam west uh version it was very much more dramatic you can see what where how our characters fall in with that thing yeah it's interesting (laughs) that incidentally that that cartoon um the animated series has still got quite a big following and is still well regarded so there is boring that. anyway the game um i'm gonna i'm gonna say i think it's boring four out of four out of ten i think there is some of it i like and i can see 
there's the seeds of a good game in here, but it's hampered by some by some stuff that makes it not a good game. That wording. And it's certainly not, it's certainly not something I would go back to. Yeah, the wording's telling. And I don't think you're wrong at all in terms of it being a 4 out of 10. The way that I was thinking about it was recently, few last few months, we've had a fair handful of games where we've gone, it's fine, it's fine, it's, it's fine, it's fine. And they've always been on the good side of fine. Well, this yeah. game's landed on the other side of that line, which yeah. throws into light and perspective the fact that those are the games were actually on the good side of that line. This is on the bad side of the line of it's fine because it's fine but only just it's yeah. it it feels like it's done and you've said that there's the seeds of a good game it's done the absolute bare minimum to be a to be an experience to be a game it's it's done the absolute bare minimum you can jump you can hit things with a, a batarang incidentally you can't hit things with your fists just the batarang Obviously, because of the game gear having two buttons, you've got to there's one button to jump and you press it a second time to fire up the grapple, and the other button is then used just to fire the batarang. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm being disingenuous yeah. slightly there because you can actually uh, punch, but you can only punch after you've thrown the batarang. So while your batarang's wazzing around the level, you can throw a solid single punch. I've n- I never actually connected with anything with the punch, um, but yeah, it is there. I shouldn't have said it's not, but it. it it is completely useless. The batarang's range, though, when you fire it, no enemies are going to get between you and the batarang no. in order for you to be able to get the punch. Really. So it renders it pointless. Absolutely, yeah. And it wasn't the only thing. I you you talked about the grapple grappling hook as as if it was satisfying and fun. I, I, I found really it useless. It. I thought it was it was useless. So some of the levels had platforms above you that you could grapple to and climb to and then jump onto and that was fine that was fine use of the grappling hook if a little bit sedate sedentary it moved along a single axis you could also swing left to right on the grappling hook you um or you could fire the grappling hook at at the roof and then swing forwards and jump but it it didn't do anything like it would have been nice to be able to maybe do a flying kick off the off the end of that grappling hook or um or to be able to swing uh, left and right build momentum and and sort of swing your way onto those higher platforms rather than having yeah. to sedately climb up a vertical rope it it was by and large useless it was very useless you would have had you would have got as, as much from jumping up onto those platforms as you did grappling onto those platforms it was it was pretty pointless it being a grappling hook i thought it was fun i'm glad you thought it was fun yeah it reminds me of spider-man like you oh, know, going you, doof, that's so swinging misleading around. so misleading even the worst well, yeah, spider-man it, games had more m- maneuverability and fun in their swinging mechanics, and we've played actually we've played a pretty bad ver- version of Spider-Man on this. the The swinging in Spider-Man on PlayStation One is a billion times better than the Batman return yeah. swinging on the Game Gear. I I don't think you can actually fire a, a grapple and then jump off and then fire a second grapple. It was literally just fire it, jump over. So I think was you it? maybe could, and the reason I think that is because oh, okay. I got to level three. Uh, Solid 50% of the way through the game, I would say that is, um, if you're generous. And there is the old pit, the old 
don't fall in this pit, but we're not going to tell you you shouldn't fall in this pit pit that is oh, yes. synonymous with that Mega trope. Drive, or sorry, Sega gaming in general. And I ran off the edge of this pit and died. Then the second time got to the edge of this pit and was like, well, how the hell am I supposed to get to the platform above this pit? There was an enemy up there. So clearly I was supposed to go up there. And then actually I thought about it. There was, there was no way I was going to get onto it. So I figured that maybe I was supposed to grapple across it. And I got halfway along it by grappling, swinging, letting go, grappling, swinging. Oh, okay, but it so was, you could do that. Yeah, but it was so finicky, so pernickety, not even pernickety, so finicky that it, that I, that it was hard. It was too hard. And I, I don't mean too hard in a sense of like... Satisfaction. Yeah, like I would have been satisfied to do it in the end. It was just like, oh, well... This is just an obstruction for the obst- for an obstruction's sake, mm. and I banged out. I just didn't. I didn't have any appetite to try it again. It was. It was the system itself was difficult to use, as opposed to a level of difficulty in the game that you could master. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, I I gave up at the second boss, which was Catwoman, because I found her attack pattern it was too Erratic. random, and that she yeah. she seemed to be able to get hits in when it was at points that I felt was unfair, like when she was zooming over my head, when I had no way to kind of defend myself at that point. And I just got frustrated with it, so I gave up at that point. Well, there was an extra taste of that on level three, where there was an enemy who was super mobile, like unbelievably mobile, and chucked three daggers out as she flew into the air above you. So there were daggers raining down on you. And Mm. they came at you in such a manner that it was very difficult to avoid them the character also moved at such a speed that being able to batarang them was very, very difficult and took a lot. It it was one of those um, classic cheap attackers, you know, that that you you really just can't avoid or or you have to go to great pains to avoid. The attack, we talked in the first half about the three different batarangs. What I ended up doing was just equipping the the long-range one and just as soon as the enemy came in, just hammering the attack buzz and just to fire batarang, batarang, batarang to get them before they could even get a chance to get me. I I did try using the short-range one during Catwoman just because I was trying to get some hits in where I could. But um, actually, the the difference between long-range and short-range, I mean, there was a difference. It was so minimal. It just... Yeah, I don't know what the power difference was. I I changed the long range and went. Mm, that's so minimal that there's no point. I might as well use the normal one for the extra power. But I don't really know what the power difference was. I can't imagine that it was you. It was worth giving up any for the extra millimeter of, no. of distance. So yeah, I I don't really have anything positive to say about the game, which is a shame because the. It, it maybe isn't as bad as it sounds listening to me complain about it. It's on the bad side of fine, as I said. Any game has to defeat a bus as a boss. I mean, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that was pre- pretty ridiculous as well. So the bus pops up and it's not even really a bus. It's just like an obstacle at the end of the first screen, isn't it? It, it yeah. drives on. And I thought it was uh, just part of the background. I walked into it and it attacked me and um, hurt me. I had to destroy the bus, absolutely annihilate it, tear it to shreds before I could continue. Weird. Yeah, very silly. Um, the, the two routes through the levels, I talked about the first half, you got Route 1 and Route 2. When you start the stage, yeah. you get given a screen and said, do you want to choose Route 1 or Route 2? It's not actually explained to you 
what each one is. Yeah. Uh, you have to play through. I, I don't know if there's maybe a, a, an attempt at kind of replayability that maybe if you went through one of them, you might want to replay the game to see the differences between the two of them. I don't know. Weirdest yeah. iteration of that ever. When you explained that in the first half, I was expecting Sonic style routes through the level. That's highs and lows thought, yeah. and mids or something like that. But it just offers you route one and route two, and they're called route one and route two replayability maybe there is some in that but i wouldn't have i what i'm not interested i don't actually couldn't care less what was on route two on any of the levels there's some very jolly music which i think is a positive but the, also the jolly music Undercut is very reminiscent of a, yeah. a, of a sonic game it's very un-batman like and as ashley said it, it juxtaposed quite a lot i enjoyed the music i suppose that's the thing that i should mm. cling to as a positive the music was fun genuinely heartening but yeah completely wrong the the worst bit for me i think the most um egregious thing that i don't think would cut the mustard nowadays in fact i definitely don't think it would is the end of the first stage boss um epilepsy inducing way that the boss was created constructed or yeah. the, the level itself was constructed there was like a, a snowstorm and i think it's something to do with the game gear been unable to handle both the, the snowstorm and then also the boss but what then happened is that the boss and the snowstorm it kind of the screen was constantly flickering between the two layers and it was it was really hideous jarring yeah it's uh, nasty uh, uh, yeah uh, uh, really quite bad <laughs> dangerous i think in yeah uh there's a reason that epilepsy warnings are at the beginning of games now and the reason is batman returns on the game gear <laughs> that's right you can trace it back to yeah so to sum up then like as as we said numerous times like it's it's on the bad side of fine which i'm a bit disappointed about because i had very good memories of this game i was going into this really looking forward to playing it and uh, it's been a bit of a damp squib sadly this is the first time that i've had to contemplate the bad side of fine as well i've never really mm. had to wrestle with the fact that this is this is mundane this is middle of the road but in a bad way i always sort of thought of fine as fine positive i've never really thought fine negative it's nearly okay <laughs> It goes back to that conversation we had a few times about games in game magazines back in the day, you know, getting sevens out of ten and that being seen as being, you know, absolutely awful. God, it got seven out of ten or it must be terrible. Well, those kind of games that I think genuinely are seven out of tens, you, you can really see how it compares to, as I said, this one being like a four out of ten. Yeah. You, you can see the difference between the two in, in very stark terms. Yeah, I, I'd have loved to know what reviews look like. I can imagine it getting fairly good ones. Largely because at the time the Game Gear was fairly new, wasn't it? Uh, around, did you say nineteen ninety two? This came out the game. Yeah. Was it not nineteen ninety two for the Game Gear, or was it early? Had I have no idea. April nineteen ninety one for the Game Gear. Really? Yeah. So the game came out nineteen ninety two. The Game Gear would have only come out the year before that, and this would have been up there. I would have thought on t- in terms of anticipated releases for it there weren't that many um at the time i wouldn't have thought um and probably one of the better things on the game gear well obviously it warranted being released in the classics range so there has to have been some mileage with the game for it to have yeah, ended up in that it's a sh- it, i mean i think that says more about the game gear i and i don't mean that in a snidey i i do kind yeah. of, i suppose i do mean it in in the snidey way that some people will take it but I mean that as objectively as I can to say it, sort of deliver it. 
the Game Gear's library is just a bit pants. And if this is one of the games that performed well on it, then... Yeah, it paints a picture. Yeah, absolutely. Well, unsurprisingly, it is not available on any modern consoles. Good. Um, so I, so uh, it's one of those that remains firmly in the vault. Excellent. Good. Glad. Where where it perhaps belongs. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it does. Next week is uh, back to one of your games, Ashley. And um, are you going to bring a spooky one for Halloween? Is it Halloween already? Oh, my gosh. It is. Uh, well, surely this counts. Doesn't this count? This counts. I guess so. Got Tim Burton vibes yeah. for Christmas. and We'll see. Fallout. I'll see what I bring. I'll see All what right. I bring. Don't you tell me what to bring. All right. Sorry. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this, join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And please, 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 if you could like, share, subscribe, rate, and review, that would be much appreciated. Yes, please. Thank you for staying till the end, and we will see you again next week. Toodle pip.